Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to, I guess, the first official Mazodcast episode of the 2021 football season. It's around the corner. We're under a week now. With me, as always, is Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And uh, we're here to do it. You notice the new intro, Colin, by the way? I do. I do. It's a funky beat. It is a funky beat, and it uh, came to us from a listener. We'll get into that later. But anyway, it's time to play some college football. I know. It's almost here. It, I'm excited. I'm. Is that a good adjective? Excited. It's not one people use a lot, right? <laughs> no, it's underused. How about too messant? <laughs> That's something that you utilize quite a bit. I know. <laughs> but uh, Missouri's taking on Central Michigan. Central Michigan. Who are they now, Colin? What's the, the Chippewas? Is that is they that are right? the Chippewas? And a fun fact about, of course, Central Michigan. It will be. Uh, we'll be inviting Jim McElwain back into Thoreau Field. It's a, it's a Chippewa type of shark, perhaps. I'm sure Jim McElwain thought it was when he took the <laughs> yeah, position. Like, mm, <laughs> interesting. What kind of pussy does this Chippewa have? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I hope it has fins. Yeah. I'll grab my 55-gallon drum of shark lube yeah. and head to Michigan. Yeah, he masturbates with chum as lube. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, we've still come out hot with our first episode, official episode of the uh 2021 season. Yeah, and we are here to talk about that Mizzou-Central Michigan game, which will be in Columbia on Saturday. Missouri, Colin, came out as a 13.5-point favorite in this matchup. Uh, do you think that's about right? Honestly, I hope it's not right. Um, I hope it's badly wrong. I you want to take the over. Yeah, I would take the over in that. Um, in fact, I might. I might call our uh, our, our bookie mm-hmm. at... Uh, and we have a sponsor for gambling right now, Brennan? We don't have, we're not carrying my bookie right now, but we have our personal bookie that we don't need to talk about. <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to say, do we want to endorse him on here? <laughs> Does he want us to talk about him on a widely listened to podcast? I think it's probably best we ask okay. him first. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, code uh, name Rose. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the, um, we might, I might call him and ask for to take the over on that. Take the action on that. Yeah. I, I feel like we could, we could, we could stretch that to 21. Yeah, I think so too. I, I don't know how recent that number was. I pulled uh, it was reported early. The line came out at thirteen and a half. It may have moved since then, mm-hmm. but we're obviously looking to get a win here. But Central Michigan is not a joke team, even though they are an FBS squad. No, they're not, and they've they've had good teams in the past. And despite Jim McElwain's sexual peccadillos with sharks, mm-hmm. um, he has been a competent coach in the past, and uh, probably. I don't know. He strikes me as a guy who maybe been a little bit out of his depth at the tippy top, you know, Division One Florida 
But, you know, a tier below that, his sort of hardliner horseshit may play a little better, you know, when you're not I dealing just, with five-star guys across the board. I just am surprised that he took a position so far from an ocean, you know. <laughs> well, do we know where – where, Central Michigan, what town are they specifically in? Do you know, Brennan? No, and that, is there an aquarium of any, of any size and scale in that town? It'll take a lot more research than I'm willing to do <laughs> to find out what town Central Michigan is in, Colin. I wish we, we should have brought in um, – Youth consultant Connor, he would know it. Right he would know it right. We would be able to Google search it <laughs> He'd for us done right recon away. Recon work That's for right. it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he's going to breathe sea life into this team. But yeah, I am very excited about Mizzou, and I'm excited to see. Really, I'm excited to see a lot of our returning players. Those are the ones that I'm most excited about. To use "excited" is a term Colin coined. It's rarely been used in sports radio before. Sure, but. Obviously, Connor Basilak, it's interesting. It'll be fun to see what he does in his sophomore campaign. But uh, I'm really excited to see Ennis Rakestraw and on the defense, Marcus Ma- or Manuel. Manuel. Incorrect. Martez Manuel. Martez Manuel. Very rarely do I correct anyone on names, so kudos <laughs> to me and embarrassing to you. I've always struggled with Manuel. I'm, I want to call him Manuel, mm-hmm. but I know that's not right. Sure. But he was super impressive last year, and I think he's going to grow a lot and have a lot more opportunities this season. And there's a lot of players that in the He's absence a, of Nick Bolton and guys like Roundtree that we are going to see new guys shine. Yeah. Manual Thumper. And uh, I, I'm I'm bullish on the defense, but I'm particularly bullish in this game and on the Tigers and, and that spread because of Basilak. I feel like most people who aren't Mizzou fans, you know, looked at his you know stat line and just were not that impressed. Yeah. And but that his stat line didn't really tell the to- the story. And he's got a strong arm. He throws accurately on the move. Um, he makes tough throws. He's got he's got the right mindset. You know, I mean, he's. I think he's going to be impressive. I think he's going to have a breakout season. I think he's going to be a top three quarterback in the SEC by the end of the season. And I, I hope I'm not uh, proven wrong. But I, I'm pretty confident in all of those things. And I think Adam Spencer from the SEC uh, or Saturdays Down South sort of uh, backs that up. And uh, I think there's several people starting to get a little higher on Basilac because as the, we get closer to the season, the talking heads actually start to maybe put a little few tapes in rather than just look at that box score. Right. And they're like, yeah, you know, this kid can hit some, you know, can throw to a small window and, and can lead an offense. And so I think people have become more and more bullish on Connor Bazelak. And Coach Drinkowitz has just made everybody, I feel, more confident as we get closer and closer to the season. He exudes confidence. Yeah, Colin, when I was putting together the clips for the intro this year, uh, one of the things I noticed when you're looking over all the games that happened last season and you forget details over mm-hmm, the course of sure. the year, you've always said how Connor Bazelak would make throws that Drew Locke wouldn't even try. Mm-hmm. And there were a number of those that I noticed in those highlight reels that were really jaw dropper throws. The way he found tight windows, the way he kept his head up while he was on the move. I really do think he can do things that Drew Locke couldn't do. And you have every reason to believe that's going to get better. I don't know that if he's NFL court talent, I don't. But he throws at least at, at the college level. He is he's he's shown me that I think what I think I need to see to feel like to be able to predict success for him. And, and as much as anything is him throwing accurately on the on the move. You know, what I mean, he he made several throws last year while striding. You know, outside of the pocket and accurately through, and that makes it so hard on a defense when you basically have to defend the field and defend the quarterback possibly running for a first down and, you know and it, it it freezes those linebackers um and it uh it freezes those defensive backs and because they're like do I attack the quarterback is he going to go for it or i mean it's the same thing you see in the NFL with your mobile quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes like is he going to throw it is he going to run for it it just it puts those defenders um feet in center blocks and uh that's a good thing and and i think Bazelak has that ability I think one of the other reasons that he's been underrated, too, is that when I was looking at the highlight reels. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Basically, any time that Missouri was inside the 10-yard line, and really just in the red zone, we had one play. Drinkwitz went to the well. He gave the ball to Roundtree, and Roundtree pounded it in, and he did it successfully over and over and over again. But what it did was it meant that Basilac's touchdown numbers were reduced. And if somebody, like you said, is just looking at numbers, has never seen the kid play, they might think a lot less of Basilac because he didn't put up gaudy numbers. But there's a lot more opportunities this year. I mean, the no better example of this is the Tennessee game. Tennessee game is where Basilac earned his starting position over Sean Robinson last yep. year. We, we lost that. We would have won that game if Basilac had started. We lost opinion. that game badly. You know, the scoreboard indicates a bad loss. But anybody who watched it saw that Basilac immediately breathed life into this team and this offense. And he's got more weapons this year. He's got more protection this year. He's got more experience. Yeah, really. I mean, I I have high expectations for the offense and Basilac. The only thing that even makes me at all nervous is that Roundtree was such a tremendous back and probably for as big a fan as we were of him last year and for a big a fan as he just um, a Mizzou fandom was of him we probably didn't appreciate him enough he was a really good running back and a very uh, physical running back and I am a, a big Beatty guy and have been since they brought him into the offense but it would be easy for Beatty not to be as good as Roundtree it'd be a lot easy for a lot of running backs not to be as good as Roundtree was yeah, but I, I'm I, like you. I am a huge Beatty guy. I mean, I think the question mark has been, can Beatty pick up the number of carries that Roundtree had? And I don't think he's going to have to. I think he's going to have help. But the things that Beatty can do, I mean, when I was putting together that highlight reel for our intro, you basically only heard three names, Basilac, Roundtree, and Beatty. Those guys made up the entirety of the highlight reels. Now, I'd like to see more excitement out of the defense and some of these guys we mentioned really put on a show and we can plug them into the beginning of our show. But you're right. Roundtree had the lion's share of our team's offensive expectations on his shoulders. And so it's going to be a big transition, but well, and you got, and you remember, I mean, what's really going to be interesting too, when it comes to the running back position is obviously Beatty is going to be the guy, but uh, who's going to be the other guy. And I think we saw a little, little bit of Elijah young. Do you remember Elijah young, Brennan? He was another guy that looked really, really fast, mm-hmm. but I, I don't feel like we really know at all what he's going to be. Well, and he's also, bigger like Roundtree. I yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think that's one thing that, um, because we, I mean, if you just, if you talk to the press box, super friends. Meanwhile, back with the press box, super friends. They didn't get a lot of access to the football practices. And so I don't know how much big a role anybody knows whether these other backs are going to play in this offense and uh, or who's getting a lot of those reps. But, you know, Young looked good. It was somebody they, towards the end of the season, they obviously tried to get some snaps for. Um, obviously, Dawson Downing is back. So, you know, Whitey McWiderson out there mm-hmm. chugging right along. And, uh, you know, he had his moments. You just you never know if it's a mirage with those sorts of things. You know, we've had a dozen since we've been doing this show, Brennan, every year there's some scrappy third on the depth chart back that looks good at some point during the season and in, in mop up duty or in black and gold game or something that gives you some optimism for them. And then they don't really get a whole lot of snaps during the season. But he is back and he did have a success at times. What's the other guy? Simeon Bacar or something like that. Don't quote me on that. You guys know how bad I am with fucking names. But anyway, there's some there's some running back depth, hopefully. I guess we're going to find out. But really, the running beyond Tyler Beatty, the running back position is a little bit of a mystery. But being a mystery could also be a huge, pleasant surprise. I mean, you, maybe these guys won't pee a drop, but there's also an opportunity for Elijah Young to really be a, you know, a breakout star for this offense. So, you know, hopefully he will be. And I think 
from the wide receiver standpoint, Kiki Chisholm was our leading wide receiver. He is back. And, and they, there's several guys that can catch passes. I mean, I think everybody feels pretty optimistic about the offense. Uh, the defense is more the question mark, and I've become more bullish on them. But there's always a, the caveat that it, as we get closer to the season, you always become more and more bullish on your team just because you get excited. And they haven't played yet. And so there's eternal optimism for what they might do. I think coming up in the first game against the Chippewas of Central Michigan, one of the things I'm excited to see is Basilac's pass game right out of the gate because if there's anything we know about Central Michigan last year, it's that they gave up nearly 300 yards a game. Their defense was porous. A lot of those guys are back, so there's still experience there, but they weren't good. You know what I mean? Bad experience is not that much better than just no experience. So uh, they had a pass rush, and they have two really strong linebackers, Mm -hmm. but – Generally, their secondary has been weak. They've lost people in the secondary. So if Basilak can find targets, he'll be able to throw the ball, hopefully, against Central Michigan. And if he can't, obviously, there's going to be trouble. But Well, I think if you if you read the predictions, it, that's what people are saying. I mean, the uh, Chippewa's defense is – they got 10 returning starters, but they have were not – they couldn't stop anybody uh, through the air. And that, you know, again, Basilak is a competent quarterback. And I should mention that, you know, Mizzou brought in another couple other running backs and Butts and Harris, but they are – you know, they're, you know, freshmen, so you just, you know, are they going to even see snaps? Is They're probably not going to be active in the offense. But, but yeah, I, I, you know, we've been burned by this before being like, oh, this is a, this is a warm-up game. And, you know, then we do not perform very well. But like I said, I feel like those days are behind us. Uh, they left with Barry Odom. We had come to expect that we were going to stumble out of the gate when Barry Odom was the head coach. They always looked unprepared. They always looked like they were surprised that it was a football Saturday. <laughs> we're playing football today. <laughs> they get better, but especially the secondary. It was always the secondary was always such a fucking mess. It was the same way coming off of a bye week. You'd think, okay, we're going to be really prepared and rested mm-hmm. this week. Instead, they or look bowl worse. games, <laughs> especially bowl games. Yeah, but uh, not last year. We don't have a lot of evidence with Drinkwitz yet, but he certainly exudes a confidence that makes us feel like. When we come out September 4th to play Central Michigan, we're going to be ready. It's not going to be a Barry Odom team. I was listening to some podcast the other day, and the guy was talking about watching practices and how you can almost see what a team's going to be, how a coach runs a practice and how organized it is and how efficient it is and stuff like that. And I don't, haven't seen Barry Odom's practices compared to Eli Drinkwitz, but I bet if you could talk to somebody that's watched a lot of their practices, I bet they, I bet Eli Drinkwitz runs a much more efficient practice than Barry Odom did. You know, I, I base that on just what I see on the field with, you know, from the moment the ball was snapped last season, I'm like, wow, everything looks crisper. Everything looks sharper. Everybody seems to know what position they play and what that role. And, you know, not that they were perfect, but they didn't, they didn't shit their pants on the field, which is something we were prone to do. (laughs) You know, I believe the term is hot dog water. Hot dog water. You know, I plan on using that drop a lot less, at least as it pertains to Mizzou Mm -hmm. and the Drinkwitz era. You know, hopefully we're using the, uh, that drop quite a bit when it, it, as it pertains to our opponents though. Specifically Tennessee. Hot dog water. There you go. (laughs) We're going to have hot dog water at the tailgate against Tennessee, by the way. I don't think that's going to bring a lot of people in, Brennan. I mean, we'll have it there. Well, no doubt. But if, and if you want hot dog water, we'll have it, but I'm not sure that's going to be a big draw. Hot dog water. (laughs) Well, it's going to bring in Tennessee fans, I think. (laughs) We want them there, huh? Well, I want to interview a few Tennessee fans. That's one of the things we talked about doing. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, like super fan Phil will be there because I feel like if he is, they're they're just going to have a fist fight. Well, he's probably listening. So, uh, super fan Phil, October 2nd, uh, we're going to be in lot in. On the day of the Tennessee Mizzou game, so and you'll be able to find us because we plan on being—I don't know what's the word—ostentatious, flamboyant. Uh, I don't think either of those words. Oh gosh, I don't know. Well, we're going to be easy to find. Yeah, we we will make ourselves known. Um, how much beer do you think Phil will bring to a tailgate situation? <sighs> Boy, I don't know. I've never actually met Phil. I'm not sure I want to. Honestly, mm. I mean, he sounds like a crazy person. Yeah, maybe we take that back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. You know, I just. I just know who we're bringing to the tailgate, Brennan, and I just I worry about what Phil's going to be on natural light and mushrooms. <laughs> you're, you're assuming Phil's not bringing his own mushrooms. <laughs> well, I am, honestly. <laughs> well, the uh, the Chippewas, what were they? I think they were eight and three last year. It's, uh, that was Jim McElwain's second season. Yeah, and truth for all the um, for all the pessimism <laughs> that we have for Central Michigan being able to hang with us, they have been improved under Jim McElwain, and they are confident. Going into their season. Well, it's funny that, you know, they had Butch Jones as their head coach when he was on his way <laughs> up to Tennessee. You know, so they, their success at Central Michigan led a coach to become an SEC coach. And now they're going the other route where they're taking SEC 
backwash yeah. and making him their head coach. And well, Brendan, I just want to throw this in there before we get too much further. If we're going to use the term, we're going to talk about Butch Jones for any reason on the show, and it, it shouldn't come up very often. But if he does, and he t- I think we should just end an extended fart noise behind his name just to make sure. Um, you know, we know it's that Butch Jones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, so Central Michigan was eight and six last year. They were three and three in conference. So they were winning. I mean, they had a kind of winning record in a FBS conference. So we They're should retrain a lot of people, but everybody is. Everybody's returning people this year. That's the dirty secret. The question I have about this game a little bit is how many people do you think are going to be in the stands? Because there's, you could go to a football game last year. It wasn't like there was not tickets available and that people mm-hmm. didn't go to football games. But obviously, the the number of people they let in the stadium was significantly reduced, at least in our stadium. You look at Texas A&M, and it didn't look like they had any restrictions at all last year. I don't know how much COVID will affect attendance. I feel like— Well, and how much is enthusiasm going to that affect Enthusiasm it? is going to be is sky high. That's why I'm saying, like, I wonder in, in a non-COVID world if this season wouldn't really have the stands packed. It'll be— because I feel like enthusiasm is really high. And I, I if there are big uh, chunks of seats that are unfilled, I, I'm going to chalk that up early to COVID. Because, and this, But if we start winning, I bet the um, people's personal health will uh, be overcome by their need to see their football team. I mean, certainly we are going to throw caution to the wind. We're going to have our tailgate on October 2nd. We're going to be like, you know, so dying of a terrible, terrible respiratory virus is worth it to see our Tigers, Brennan. Well, we've been vaccinated. <laughs> That's true. We have. We endorse that for everyone. And mm-hmm. you, no, no uh, we, we don't want to go down that road. No. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, why get into those yeah, waters? No, good night. <sighs> so the game's at 3 p.m. I, uh, I hope it's not 95 degrees as it has been this no last I'm, few weeks in Missouri. Honestly. I uh, You talk uh, about something that could affect yeah. attendance. Well, we talked about two things. Like we, we are really looking forward to the tailgate, and we've got some stuff planned. It's going to be fun, but there are two things that can take a big steamy dump on it. That's 110-degree heat on October 2nd, or – Terrible, terrible, miserable, rainy weather. But I think uh, an eleven o'clock start time could hurt things as well. Well, sure, sure. But I'm hoping that uh, we'll get a later time, at least at three o'clock. But you know, like I said, it's a conference game. I can get drunk in any weather, Brennan. That's true, or any time of day. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm a trooper <laughs> like that. Yeah. So this will be a three p.m. game. I, you know, first game of the season against Central Michigan. I don't know if that's a if that's a sellout type of game for the University of Missouri Tigers. But the next week will be Kentucky. So. On 9-11, we are facing the Kentucky Wildcats at Kentucky. And how that game goes, I think, will tell how the enthusiasm goes for Mizzou fans. Obviously, it's high right now. If we beat Kentucky on the road, I think it's going to be sky high heading yeah, into the Yeah, because everybody's so high on Kentucky. I mean, they are – everybody seems to – I mean, I've seen a lot of people predicting Kentucky to be the second in the SEC. Oh, yeah. It's a lot – most people are predicting either Florida or Kentucky – and so in Mizzou, you know, sometimes they'll sneak up Mizzou up there in that third spot over Kentucky or over Florida, but or what have you. But people are really high on Kentucky, and I think that uh, especially the SEC media. So if Mizzou kicks a mud hole in them, man, watch out. I do think that Mizzou is a popular dark horse candidate for media picks. I also think that Florida is a popular pick for a team that's going to have a disappointing season. I agree we with that. About I've that. heard a lot of people say, you know, Flor- you know, you know, Mizzou could sneak up there. And I've heard a lot of people say, oh, Florida could have a bad season. I I have confidence in Florida just from the standpoint they have talent. And despite the fact that I hate Dan Mullen, I do think he's a pretty decent coach. And so, you know, it's hard. If you've got a decent coach, it's going to be hard to fail too miserably because Florida's always going to have talent. And that really that has been Florida's Achilles heel. It's been so many teams Achilles heel. Tennessee, for instance. I mean, Hiring the right coach is everything. You know, Tennessee has no idea how to do it. Uh, you look at teams like uh, Texas A&M that finally just said, you know what? Let's go ahead and hire Jimbo Fisher, who is a very successful known quantity versus hiring, so, let's say, Jeremy Pruitt, for instance, and uh, failing miserably. Okay, Colin, why don't we take our first break for the day? We have a guest. We talk about a, a national media figure and what they think Mizzou is going to be like. Sure, sure. We're going to talk about the Central Michigan game and then broadly what he expects uh, the team to look like for the rest of the 2021 campaign. Sally Barrett is going to be with oh, us. Oh, Sally Barrett of the uh, media fame. Yeah, we're going to, we haven't talked to him in a while. Sure. But uh, I'm curious to think, you know, Mizzou's on the up and up. I'm sure he's going to be really excited about him and yeah, have a lot I mean, of good things to say. I mean, most people have us at least, you know, three or four in mm-hmm. the SEC East. I'm sure he's going to be probably lockstep with that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine that's true. And then we've got all kinds of other news going on. Sure, Obviously, uh, Drinkwitz quietly picked up another transfer in, linebacker from Wyoming on Friday. Charles Hicks is a two-star linebacker and he will be joining, I guess, not this season, but next season. So in the 2022 campaign, but 
Recruiting never stops. So mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot to talk about this week, and there's going to be a lot to talk about in the coming months because football is back. And as this is our uh, sort of – we've been doing our green room thing, but as soon as this is official episode, you're also going to get Kansas news and SEC around the horn. And the fine bot. Obviously. It's all here. This is the Mazotcast. Conversation with beginning sipping on honey and red wine. Cape Town nights in the grapevine. She came in a ziplock, said with a zipline, easy and chill trick and treat time. Do you snort lines for a guan? Like I meant we could take turns if you take time. Amsterdam, coffee shop, communicating then we hit a night shop. Pulling up at the red light district, like hey miss fit, you know what your thing fit. Cause I was made in Lagos. We put in and they never tried to save us like there's a party here, there's a party here right now. And we're back. Colin, are you ready for our first guest? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get to a national perspective on our Mizzou Tigers. All right, Sally Barrett is on the line with us. What's up, Sally? Hey, fellas, good to hear from you. What's going on? It's an exciting time, isn't it, boys? College football is firing up. It sure is, Sally, and thanks for joining us. It's been a long time since we had you on the line, so we wanted to ask you specifically about, of course, our Missouri Tigers, and they're facing the Central Michigan Chippewas this weekend. And uh, Missouri's a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. What do you see about this game that's going to be interesting from your eyes? Well, guys, I tell you what, Missouri is looking strong. I think they can beat Central Michigan. I'll be honest with you. I think that line's a little high. I wouldn't go over maybe a three or a four on that. But, uh, but no, I, I would pick Mizzou in that ball game. I think they can beat uh, Jim McElwain, uh, though it'll be tough. I mean, he's SEC forged in uh, the crucible of the SEC and uh, I don't know. I mean, Missouri could have some trouble with them, but I, I think we'll pull it out. <laughs> wow. I, it's been a while since I remember you uh, predicting Missouri to actually win a football game. Now, guys, hey, come on, guys. I try to play it fair. I'm just telling you how I see it. You know how I go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's just go on with the rest of the Tigers season while you have it on the line, Sally, because let's do it. the Tigers take on Kentucky in a conference matchup in their second game. Kentucky is highly thought of, and this could be a real test to see who was, you know, maybe below Georgia for the second level of SEC East Allen. Oh, well, guys, that's where I am going to deviate with you. You're going to get a little mad at me because Sally is going to tell you what. They've got no chance. I mean, zero chance against the Kentucky Wildcats. Stoops has got that team. I mean, up and running. And I just don't trust this Drinkowitz fella. You know, he is not SEC born and bred. And for God's sakes, you're wearing glasses, fellas. <laughs> anyway, I say that uh, your Mizzou Tigers are going to get their first loss and probably a pretty bad second week, guys. Sorry to say it. I got to say it. I got to tell it how it is. I don't want to lie to you. <laughs> well, well, first of all, I mean, Drinkwitz coached for Auburn um, under Gus Malzahn, and he's born and raised in Arkansas. I don't know why he has less SEC credentials than Jim McElwain, who is now coaching in Central Michigan. Well, I guess, I mean, you make some decent points there, but I mean, he still wears glasses. <laughs> and your determination for whether there is a good coach or not, whether they look like a nerd? Well, I don't know, guys. I mean, my determination is based on what I see and what I hear. And what I hear is that Missouri is a garbage can that's on fire, full of dirty, dirty diapers, and Kentucky is a house on fire. So it's both flames have a lot involved in those analogies. I don't know. One is a house and one is diapers. So one's good and one's bad. I feel like my, I'd rather you have a burning. Guys, you got it. I'd rather have a burning diaper than my house be on fire. Well, to each their own. What's the next game on the schedule? <laughs> okay, well, let's just move on then. You've probably never heard of this team, but Missouri's going to be facing SEMO. It's southeast Missouri at uh, on September 18th. It's the follow-up to the Kentucky game, home game for the Tigers. Well, guys, I'll tell you right, I've never heard of SEMO. I don't know anything about them, but I'm going to say they'll probably give the Tigers all they want a little bit more. So I'm going to say that's loss number two on the season. <laughs> okay, well, that's uh, not predicted in Columbia a lot, but that could be. Well, uh, we'll move on. The Tigers have a very strange road game next against Boston College at Boston College. Don't remember them ever facing Boston College in Massachusetts before. Well, guys, I'm going to tell you what. I heard a lot of good things about this Boston College squad, and I don't hear a lot of good things about your squad, unfortunately. And that's not a gripe, man. That's just what I'm hearing. So I'm going to go with Boston College in this one. I really don't feel like Drinkowitz and Bazelak and the rest of these guys. I mean, you're just talking about a collection of two-star recruits in Boston College, you know, I just feel like, uh, you know, the fighting Doug Fluties are going to give them all they want a little bit more. <laughs> they do have the legend of Doug Flutie supporting their cause at all times. All right. This is a game that a lot of us have highlighted in Missouri. They're taking on Tennessee in Columbia. 
on October 2nd. We're going to be there, Sally. We invite you to come to our tailgate. But anyway, as Mizzou fans, I think Tennessee looks like they've got a lot of problems, a lot of holes, and we're hoping to scratch out another victory against the Tennessee Volunteers. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. I thank you for the invite to the tailgate, but I'm not going to be there. This is a dirty compost heap of a football game. And I'm going to tell you what, Mizzou doesn't stand a chance. Mizzou shouldn't even show up either because the Tennessee Volunteers are going to roll over them. I mean, if I was Missouri, I wouldn't even show up. I'd just move on. <laughs> wow. I don't think Tennessee's that good, Sally. I mean, we I don't know where you get your ideas. Coach going to be great for him. You know, this Hybel guy, he's really got it going on. I think he's got things moving in the right directions, and you just know they're going to have more talent than Missouri. Guys, I don't want to be like I'm a downer. I know you think I am sometimes. You like to give me a hard time about it. Listen, the truth is, is that Kentucky is going to be a up-and-coming powerhouse in Mizzou. Well, the little engine that can't. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to a, a matchup maybe that you have a little more hope for. Uh, we will face Northern Texas at home the following week. And I think this is our final non-con game of the season, October 9th. What do you think about this one? Well, guys, you're going to love what I, I got to say right here. Mizzou is going to win this one probably on a last-second field goal. But I think they might pull that one out. So there's your second win, guys. I'm not all bad, right? Yeah, that's real optimistic. Okay. I, I feel like I don't even need to ask you this question because I know what the answer is going to be. But on October 16th, Missouri will be hosting Texas A&M. Yeah, I'll tell you what, guys. I don't know how to uh, – I mean, if, if Tennessee's going to house them, you know you know what Texas a and going to do. Jimbo Fisher and his Texas A&M Aggies are going to roll right over Mizzou. It's going to be nothing but a speed bump on their way to a really, really successful season. <laughs> and I think you know I'm right. <laughs> well, you might be right, but I don't know it for sure. Um, the Tigers, after this game, will be heading on the road again to play Vanderbilt on October 30th. The Vanderbilt Commodores are coming up, coming on up, moving on up, just like George Jefferson did back in the day. And I'm going to tell you what I think they've got what it takes to beat Mizzou. I think Mizzou's going to be the first stepping stone on their way to a little bit more relevancy in this SEC conference. And I think uh, Mizzou's a good way to get started. I mean, I just feel like their new coach is endlessly more competent than Eli Drinkwitz and his silly glasses. So I'm going to go ahead and give you something you're not going to hear, and that's give me the Commodores. <laughs> All right. Well, it doesn't shock me. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't shock me. We will be on the road in that game. But uh, Vanderbilt, uh, I just want to point out that we beat Vanderbilt 41 to nothing last year. So with this. Guys, you can't look in the rearview mirror. The histories and the past is the past. That's where you got to leave it. They've got a new coach. They've got a new attitude. And I think they're going to six guys. I mean, listen, I know you're, you're Mizzou fans. And you're high on them, but they're just not a very good football team, guys. And I think Vanderbilt is going to uh, going to have their way. <laughs> All right. Well, Missouri's going to stay on the road the following week, uh, November 6th, to take on currently number five Georgia Bulldogs. Guys, I'm just going to tell you what. I'm going to do the Mizzou football program. I'm solid here, and I'm going to tell you, save the money on the plane tickets. Don't spend the money on the gas. This is a waste of your time. The Bulldogs are a powerful, powerful SEC football team in a way that Mizzou could only dream about. And I'm going to tell you what. I don't think they need to even fuel up the plane because uh, this is a waste of everyone's time. Obviously, Georgia. <laughs> All right. I, uh, I I agree that uh, Georgia looks to be the better team this season, but I don't think it's going to be a waste of time to play, and I'd like to think that Missouri can give them a game. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I love that optimism, guy. Keep, up, keep it up. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a game I feel like maybe I'll have you on my side because it's pretty well recognized that Will Muschamp cratered the South Carolina program, and they're in a state of disarray this year. We are going to be facing them in the friendly confines of Faroe Field November 13th. Who do you think can win this game, Missouri versus South Carolina? Uh, I'd rather have Will Muschamp every day of the week and twice on Sunday than this Drinkowitz character. But you might be right, but I'm going to tell you what I think about this point of the season. Mizzou will see the writing is on the wall. They'll have a little bit of the wind taken out of their sails, and I think you're going to see a South Carolina win. This Beamer character seems to know what he's doing. <laughs> right. Do you know whether he wears glasses or not? If he was hired as an SEC coach, he doesn't have them. Okay. That's <laughs> good to know. All right. The uh, second-to-last game of the season, Missouri will host Florida. Some are picking Florida to be number two in the East. Some people don't like what they see out of Florida this year. How say you? Dan Mullen is a genius. And I'm going to tell you what, these Florida Gators are going to be ready to play football. I don't think, obviously, Mizzou stands any chance. I've got these guys picked at number two behind Georgia in the East. I think they're going to compete with Georgia, but I just don't think they're going to have what it takes to get over the hump. But they're certainly going to have what it takes to get over Mizzou. <laughs> All right. Well, I kind of figured that would be the case with you, Sally. But 
the last game of the year. I have to think that you're going to be supporting the Tigers on this. Missouri has beaten Arkansas for five straight years, six straight years. I can't even remember at this point, but we've had our way with Arkansas. We do have to go down to Arkansas to play this one on November 26th, the day after Thanksgiving game. Who do you think is going to win this matchup between the SEC West perennial doormat and the Missouri Tigers? Well, guys, I think this is where Arkansas rights the ship. I'm really high on Sam Pittman. I bet you are. This, this guy seems to have it going on, guys. He really, really knows how to inspire a football team. And I think Arkansas is on their way up, and I feel like Mizzou is on the way down. Now, I think you're going to see that trophy finally go to the Arkansas Razorbacks. I would say probably in the neighborhood of 47 to 3. <laughs> 47 to 3. And guys, I'm going to just throw this in there. If you noticed, Sam Pittman does not wear glasses. Yeah. Well, that is in his favor, apparently. But uh, 47 to 3. It sounds ridiculous, as always, Sally. Uh, your picks are wrong every year, but we keep having you on because you're so enthusiastic about them. Uh, we hope that you're wrong again this year. You know, hey, good luck to your Tigers. I gave you two wins in the season, guys. Don't get too down on me. Old Sally loves you. <laughs> but anyway, I've got to tell you the truth. You know, Mizzou has never been SEC. It's going to be hard slot for them to get more than two wins. But uh, maybe you guys are right about this Drinkwitz character and his silly glasses. But I'm not, I'm not going to bet on it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Sally Barrett. Guys, you can find me each week on the SEC Network, giving the full breakdown for all your action. And you can also catch me on my OnlyFans page. I get a little frisky. All right. Thanks, fellas. Again, he's predicting Missouri to go 2-10 and 10 this year and be last in the SEC East. And uh, very similar to his pick last year, don't you think, Colin? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much, I, you know, Sally told us sort of exactly what I've come to expect from him. <laughs> yeah. I didn't necessarily expect the uh, score 48-3 to three or whatever yeah, he picked. He felt compelled to throw that in there. He didn't give us a score on any other game. I know. Sometimes I feel like maybe he's got a vendetta against Mizzou, but I have no idea why. No, no. And he's just an SEC media member. That's right. And, he just uh, represents I mean, you, SEC media. If you saw the uh, um, SDS um, crystal ball breakdown for Mizzou season, <laughs> yeah, they Con- have us losing to Vanderbilt. Con- Connor O'Gara uh, got the ire of some Mizzou fans when he picked us losing to Vanderbilt. Yeah, he said, we, he's got us beating Florida, though. And yeah. I'm just like, yeah, but we're losing to Vanderbilt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's a crazy pick. I mean, again, like we won 41 to nothing last year. There has to be some rhyme or reason to these well, picks, like said, and that I, doesn't seem to have any. Oh, you know, you know, Sally just fits the mold of every SEC media member I have ever seen since we've joined this conference. That's true. Speaking of SEC mem- media members, Colin, what do you say we go around the horn with the SEC and fire up for the first time this year, the old Paul Feinbot? Let's do it. We. Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built the church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. And Colin, would you do the honors of firing up the Paul Feinbutt for the first time? Here we go. Nick Saban, Nick Saban. All right, Paul, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. All right, you ready to go? Let's get started. It's nice to have Paul because and on top of having Sally Barrett to uh, give us his picks, now you know Paul can, you know, he is programmed exactly as Paul Feinbaum. And that's, so we're, it's like it's like getting two SEC media analysts today on today's show, Brennan. That's right. And if people are new to the show, and I think there might be a few new listeners, we picked up several over the summer, and you're not familiar with the Paul Feinbaum. Colin has designed a robot. We had the idea that Paul Feinbaum would never be on this program. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't deign to no to, to come to our filthy little hovel of a show. Unlike Sally Barrett, he uh, wouldn't wouldn't stoop to this level. And so we figured. What's the second best thing we can do? And Colin said, hey, easy. I know what we can do. I'll just design a fully functional Android robot exactly like Paul Feinbaum. Who yeah, will I answer. have that ability. Yeah, sure. Robotics is sort of a hobby. Right. It's something that he does on weekends. And so he uh, crafted this robot that answers questions exactly like Paul Feinbaum would. And it's really every bit as good or better than having Paul Feinbaum with us. It's like he's here. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 ask Paul Feinbaum any of the questions we're going to ask the Paul Feinbaum bot Apologies uh, tonight, and the, the answers will be ex- exactly the same. Colin, why don't you test that out? Do you have a question for the fine bot? Hey, Paul, I've been saying that I think uh, Connor Baselak is really going to set the SEC on fire as a quarterback this season. What do you say? I don't agree. 
<laughs> well, yeah. there you go. I mean, I think I think we've definitely proven our point. No. Yeah, well, see, it's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, he's combative. Yeah, but I think anybody who's ever listened to the Paul Feinbaum show knows that we nailed it. Got it perfectly right. All right, so let's do it. This is the first time we're going to go around the horn and look ahead to the September 4th football weekend, opening weekend of college football, if you don't consider this weekend, which we'll get into this, Nebraska lost. But uh, spoiler alert, let's look at the SEC week ahead. Thursday is our first game we can watch. Bowling Green is playing at Tennessee, and this kind of reminds me. Do you remember? Was it a couple of years ago? Tennessee started the season and almost lost. Or yeah, they they. Uh, I don't remember the team, but yeah, that's. I hope they lose. I mean, <laughs> and I think there's a possibility they can. I mean, I've you know the more I've read about Tennessee, the more they it makes them sound a little bit like they're in disarray. Both them and South Carolina sound like they are really treading water right now. Not sure about that. <laughs> yeah, mm. you'd know better than me, Paul. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's a it's going to be a lot of non-con games, obviously, in this first week. And so Bowling Green, Tennessee hopes to come out with a win on that one. But it is a Thursday night game. You're going to get a lot of odd times until the NFL season yeah, gets fired up. I'd love to know the line on that one. I'll have to look it up. I'm comfortable giving Tennessee a win, though, despite all the problems they're having this year. Yeah, Bowling Green is, uh, is I'm skeptical they're going to field a very good football team. Takes us to the big Saturday matchups. Kentucky will start things off in the 11 o'clock hour playing University of Louisiana Monroe. I feel like Louisiana Monroe is one of those teams that does come up and bite people once in a while. But if Kentucky is half as good as the SEC media folks t- seem to think they are, they shouldn't have any problem, I would think, with UL Monroe. Yeah, I I mean, again, if Kentucky is all world, as everyone says, then uh, then this would be a, a slam dunk. Kentucky. Yeah, Paul agrees. So, mm-hmm. all right, uh, moving ahead, Rice will be coming to Fayetteville to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks at 1 p.m. on Saturday. All non-cons we're seeing. Uh, Rice hasn't been good for many, many years. Yeah, my expectation is that, that uh, Arkansas will win this easily, but it will be fun to see, you know, what is Arkansas really going to do here? I have seen a lot of people predicting that Arkansas's quarterback play is going to be phenomenal. And it's like, why are you saying that? <laughs> I don't understand. I love it. I don't believe any of this bullshit until we see it. They all think it's great because it's mm. new. New does not make better. All righty, then we're starting to get into some real football now. The University of Alabama Crimson Tide will be taking on the number 14 Miami Hurricanes in Atlanta. This is going to be a big one on ABC nationally broadcast. It's uh, it's the 2.30 p.m. game. Um, Brendan, what's the line? Because I want to bet this one because I bet they're going to fucking destroy Miami. The odds makers agree with you. They're 18 and a half point favorites over yeah. the Hurricanes. So, I mean, I could see Alabama's offense being not as good as it has been in the past, but um, I could also see their defense being fun. I just, they're just going to be better on both sides of the ball. They're going to fucking destroy Miami. I don't – I mean, it's not even – I'd be tempted to take 18. You know what I mean? Like, like give me – you know what? Give me the over. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm calling the bookie. I'm calling the bookie on Central Michigan, Mizzou. I'm calling the bookie on Alabama and Miami. Well, we will see. I do wonder how many years Nick Saban has left. I mean, I, we all know that he drinks the blood of children to stay alive forever. But at some point, I would think that he would retire from football just out of boredom, if nothing else. And I know he'd like to get a few more trophies in his trophy case before he yeah. does that. And he, they just look really good this year. Well, Brendan, I don't, I don't. A lot of people may not know this, but Nick Saban loves. I mean, his his main love beyond football. His, his, uh, his, Nick great, Saban. Yes, Nick Saban. His hobby is drowning kittens. And I feel like he's just going to, at some point in his life, he's going to want more time to drown kittens. You're right about that. Yeah. And so he's, uh, he's, at some point, he's going to give up the ghost, but he hasn't yet. And they're, they're going to fucking house Miami. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Paul is going to love it. It is what he's been waiting for all year long. Sure. Then, uh, the 3 p.m. game, the first one we have on the docket is Louisiana Tech going to Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State coached by Mike Leach. I don't know what to expect of this team, but I, I do know. expect I have, them to win the game. There was a time when I was I was high on Mike Leach, but they were not very good last year, and they beat us. Well, I know, but my point is, is I just feel like honestly, what it is, I feel like Mike Leach has uh, crossed the threshold from like being like quirky and eccentric and fun to be like he's just full on crazy now. Yeah, and it's hard. A for lot of people have done that, and I feel like um, he is just I, I, at some point your crazy affects competency. And uh, I feel like Mike Leach might be reaching that threshold. I don't know. We will see. Maybe. I mean, yeah, he's he is a madman, but uh, will he produce wins? 
I don't know that Mississippi State is ever going to come to the same level of success that they had under Dan Mullen, but uh, Mike Leach is, I guess, the man to do it if they're going to. But, uh, Paul, who do you think is going to win this game? Mississippi State. Yep, uh, that's pretty much to be expected. Yeah. All right, the other 3 o'clock game is, obviously, our Missouri Tigers facing Central Michigan. We talked a little bit about that, but, uh, Paul, what do you think about this one? In terms of great matchups in college football history, this will not qualify. Yeah, that's, that's pretty true. much true. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't expect Paul to be watching it. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't expect to watch it either. But I, I think everybody would predict our Mizzou Tigers will probably win this one. <laughs> All right, Paul. Maybe one one guy doesn't predict that one. Yeah. So, all right. uh, That will take us down. So right now we've got every SEC team winning with the possibility exception of Tennessee for for just out of hope. Auburn will be taking on Akron. That's another home game. That's a 6 p.m. game on the ESPN Plus network. I think that's going to be a snoozer. Yep. Auburn. Yeah, yeah, War Eagle. Yeah, that's to be expected. Eastern Illinois will be coming to South Carolina, also on ESPN Plus, also at 6 p.m. Again, as bad as South Carolina is, I think that they should be able to take on this non-conference foe. Well, it would certainly uh, look bad if they didn't win, yeah. especially for Beamer being a new coach. Yeah, it'd be a hell of a way to start his his uh, tenure. South Carolina. Okay, we all got that one. This is going to be one, probably the best game, I would say, of the weekend, despite Alabama playing the number 14 Miami Hurricanes. Georgia is going to be facing number three Clemson. Number five Georgia versus number three Clemson, 6.30 p.m. on ABC. Well, I'll say one thing about being Alabama or Georgia. You know, Mizzou doesn't get this matchup, and I thank God we don't. You know what I mean? Like, you talk about uh, – you know, Georgia's got the, a pretty, you know, uh, they could be very, they could be very easily be a playoff team. And to have to start with a team like fucking Clemson right off the bat. Now, that being said, I would take Georgia because I don't think Clemson's quite where they've been. But, um, God damn, <laughs> what a way to open it up. Well, a lot of the big dogs are doing this now. I mean, we're obviously trying to rack up as many wins as we can before we get into the tough conference schedule. But I think these guys are trying to build their resume during the college football playoff period. Uh, Paul, what do you think? Georgia. Yeah. One thing about Paul Feinbot is you're very rarely going to find him picking against the SEC. That's right. Yeah. If you haven't heard of the Feinbot before, he's a, he's a homer for SEC Well, he's teams. Paul Feinbaum, really. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, most SEC teams. There's mm-hmm. one I feel like that he's maybe not a huge fan of. Sure. Why would Missouri win the East? <laughs> we didn't <laughs> say that. We were talking about it, Paul. The hapless Tigers continue to inch toward the bottom of the SEC. We haven't even started the season, Man, Paul. I, God, you really got him fired up. Well, Brendan, I, I program him to be Paul Feinbaum. There are a lot of places I would really like to visit in this country that I've never been to. Well, Missouri, not high on my list. All right, that's just rude. <laughs> I know, just but you rude. know, like I said, I had made him. I made him as accurately as I could. You sure did. Okay. Florida, number 13. They start the season at number 13, does Florida. They 6.30 p.m., they will be hosting Florida Atlantic. It'll be on the SEC network. It's going to be... Imagine a team playing Florida Atlantic and getting a 6 p.m. start. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Well... They're 13th now. How long do you think Florida is going to remain ranked this season? Well, I can see them uh, remaining ranked. I, I could see them being in the, you know... Not in the top 15. You know what I mean? They could be in the floating around the uh, late teens to the 20s by the end of the season, and they may could fall out too. But like I said, I think I do think they're overrated right now. And honestly, I think a lot of the media agrees with that, though, you know, some of the coaches' polls don't say so much. But anyway, it's, I, I, Florida's obviously going to win, but I'm, I don't know what to think Florida yet. I, because like I said, I do like Dan Mullen and, and they are going to have talent. So I'm, I'm not as, pessimistic as, as, the, as, as some are. I'll drink to that. <laughs> yeah. Paul kind of agrees with me on something, finally. <laughs> well, I mean, you picked an SEC team, and, uh, you know, that's the, that's the way to win over Paul. Florida. Yep, he wants it. Yep. All right, so 7 p.m., Texas A&M starting the season at number six. We'll be taking on Kent State on ESPNU in Kyle Field at College Station. Yeah, that's a, that's going to be a bloodbath. It'll be a bloodbath, and I think we are all on the same page there. Texas A&M. Yep. And then Vanderbilt, 7 p.m. SEC Network, will be taking on East Tennessee State. Well, why are we even talking about I it? I don't know anything about Vanderbilt, nor do I want to. But I just, I'll, I assume this will be the one opportunity they'll have to have get a win, probably, or one of the very few opportunities. I suppose so. In terms of great matchups in college football history, this will not qualify. <laughs> no, it will not be a good game, but it has to be played. And that takes us to our final one. Uh, number 16, LSU, will be on the road to start the season at 
UCLA, 7.30 on Fox. Mm. Interesting matchup. I think this season is where we find out whether Ed Ogeron caught lightning in a bottle with Joe Burrow or if he's actually knows what the fuck he's doing. I mean, I can't believe – I've never seen a coach go from like saint, like practically worshipped to people calling for his head so fast. But last year – was a disaster of a it season. It was a disaster. But that's what I'm saying. Like, he had a bad season last season. He also won a national championship the previous season. Predictions for LSU are all over the map. I mean, you know, I'm kind of bullish on him, but I do feel like if, if he doesn't put something together here, because there is an opportunity. I mean, we've seen it before where coaches have that lightning in the bottle season and they're never able to replicate it. And that could be what Ed Ogeron is, because honestly, the, the way I feel about Sam Pittman right now, I'm always saying Arkansas, I do not believe in Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman is selling a shtick. He doesn't, you know, I don't believe any of the horse shit that comes out of his mouth. He's got a, his own catchphrase. I don't buy it. You know what I mean? Shticks wear out. And that's what I thought Ed Ogeron was. I was like, man, Ogeron, you know, he's full of shit. He's a, it's a, you know, again, he's a sitcom dad. It's, this is not going to work out. And then he went and made me look like an idiot by winning a national championship. <laughs> but, but, you know, so did Les Miles and Les Miles proved to be an idiot at some point. And so is Ogeron going to be Nick Saban? Or is he going to be less Miles? The crazy thing, I think, for LSU is that uh, earlier this month, Miles Brennan, the starting quarterback for the LSU Tigers, fell on his own left arm preparing for a fishing trip and broke his arm. So they're marching out this guy, Max Johnson, to start as LSU's new quarterback. There are going to be a ton of question marks because though they weren't good last year, we all knew who the quarterback was, and now we don't have any idea about and this guy. And those rules in place, you know, like sometimes we're like, they don't let quarterbacks ride motors, motorcycles or play mm-hmm. basketball in the offseason. They need, I guess they're going to have to take fishing off the list. Right? Yeah. I wonder if Bo Pelini so ever taken a volleyball player fishing. <laughs> Paul, who do you think is going to win this game? LSU. You know, I tend to agree. I mean, yeah. the Pac 12 has just been garbage. UCLA is supposed to be good this year, but uh, I do not believe it. No, I don't. I'm not going to believe anything out of the Pac 12 until I see something because they've been absolute hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. And then our final matchup is on the following Monday, September 6th. Ole Miss is hosting Louisville, 7 p.m. ESPN. Louisville's had their ups and downs, mostly downs of late. We'll find out if uh, the lane train is on the tracks. Oh, they're going to score a fucking buttload of points. You know they are. Yeah. And uh, I think that's going to be enough to beat Louisville, though I'm not sure how it's going to hold up when they get into the guts of the SEC West. But against Louisville, I think it'll be they'll you know the lane train will have all the points they need to win that game. It won't be an easy matchup, but I do think Ole Miss is well-equipped to win this one. Ole Miss? Yeah, Paul agrees. And that's it. We don't have to look back, obviously. There hasn't been any football yet, but that's what we're staring down the barrel of next weekend when uh, college football gets going. I know. It's, it seems like it takes forever to get here, just forever. And now here it is. We're literally one week away. And there was a game today, Brennan, if we want to just – I mean, I know we're wrapping up the uh, – the uh, SEC schedule, but there was a college football game today, and we have some interest in it because sort of like before before we were in the SEC, we had another team in our conference that always thought they were really good, and their fans were obnoxious and awful, and that was Nebraska. And Nebraska, Hot garbage. Yeah. Hot garbage. I agree, Paul. I agree. Me and you, we're, we're, we are definitely simpatico on that. And so, <laughs> yes. And uh, so they got Scott Frost, and when they got him, you know, of course, Brendan, he was going to – Bring Nebraska back to its uh, preeminent days in the ni- early nineties, um, but he, so far he's only won twelve games in three seasons. So it's not gone exactly like I think he would have hoped. Yes, sir. Anyway, they were playing another team that everyone loves to hate, and that's Illinois, coached by Bert Brett Bielema. Yeah, yeah, and he has obviously um, eaten and eaten and eaten since leaving. He did not take up yoga and or treadmilling or any other physical activity in the intern while he wasn't coaching. <laughs> He's larger than before. Oh huh? my God. He is, he is Jabba the Hutt. E Jabba Wonka. He does look like a dog tick that is <laughs> and, uh, feasted. Anyway, but uh, Bert took some of that magic to Illinois and beat Nebraska. The black shirts or whatever the fuck they are. They're garbage. Fucking garbage. But anyway, Nebraska lost, and we're, that always makes us happy because me and Brendan are both old enough to remember the Big 12 and the Big 8, for that matter. And so, uh, fuck Nebraska. Fuck yourself. Fuck Nebraska. So, Brett, congratulations. He is beloved. He is a likable person. I, I don't know. I'm not sure about all that. His wife? His wife is likable. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure enough. All right, should we put the Paul Fine by the way? Yes, we definitely should. 
Adios. All right. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. That was good stuff. Yeah, I agree, I agree Paul. Yeah, that's good. All righty. I'm glad Paul's on board. Yeah, it's not good to have him back. I know we're a little rusty at this, Colin, but uh, we've done SEC Around the Horn. There's another segment that we like to do. And what we is it? Haven't done it for a long time. My mind is blanking. Yeah. Well, we like to check in on our neighbors to the West. They used to be in a major power five conference. They're not anymore. <laughs> so you've probably forgotten them. That's right. That's right. They're, they're, they're essentially S where the Santa Barbara mud slugs or where the <laughs> banana slugs or where the fuck. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the Big Twelve is a dying organism. <laughs> yeah, it's an event. Yeah, they literally was a was an alliance of conferences that came together, and the Big Twelve doesn't get to did be part of it. Yeah, that's right. All right. Oh, we didn't close out the horn. They would rather have a, a conference or a, an alliance where Florida Florida teams are in and teams in the state of Washington are in, and leave out an entire state right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm sure they have their reasons, and you were about to find out in this segment why. Because it's time, once again, for Kansas News. Well, I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, and sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Our first story of the day, Colin, a Manhattan, Kansas man arrested after stabbing woman with a fork. Well, what else would you do with a fork in Kansas? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm actually kind of impressed that I they just, use utensils yeah, that don't eat say, with I, their hands. I just assumed everyone eat with their hands in Kansas is <laughs> spaghetti straight into their face with a palm full of it. You know. Yeah, I mean? where do you find a fork in Kansas? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? When half of the food you're eating is still alive... You know, you, you really utensils are not really useful. You got to get a grip on them, you know? or you eat it right off the road after it's been <laughs> freshly killed. So, a Topeka, in Topeka, Kansas, Riley County Police arrested a man for charges stemming from a domestic incident. Desi Chatfield, age forty-one, was booked for aggravated kidnapping and aggravated battery. Police say he prevented a woman from leaving a residence after arguing with her and then stabbed her in the arm with a fork. He's on a $150,000 bond. I see all those circumstances. He's lucky that a fork was the only thing that was available to him. You know, imagine if he had a, like, I don't know, maybe a larger fork, a pitchfork or, I don't know, a rifle. You know, something like that. It really could have done some damage. He's 41 years old. I feel like your fork stabbing days are over after that. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Sure. Like, I feel like it's a young man's game. <laughs> yeah, you know, you thought his fork stabbing days, heydays were over, Brennan. But you know what? He's like um, Phil Mickelson. You know what I mean? He's a... Yeah, <laughs> he breeds new life yeah, in the fork stabbing. He's found, he's found his fork stabbing groove in his older age. He finally found a fork. Police find explosive in Kansas man's home. What were sure. they? There's a lot of questions just in that headline alone. Shawnee County law enforcement authorities are investigating a suspect on criminal charges involving explosives. Just before 9 a.m. Friday, police responded to a disturbance in Topeka, according to Lieutenant Jerry Monsmith. While officers were in the area, they were made aware of possible explosive devices inside a residence. How do you get made aware of this? I don't know. I I, I feel like uh, this guy's probably just lucky that they didn't find his meth when they were searching for his explosive. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the two go hand in hand. After rendering the area secure, the bomb squad responded to the location to identify and safely secure devices. Police recovered four homemade explosive devices. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives assisted with the investigation and police arrested Robert Ames, age 64, of Topeka, on charges of criminal use of explosives. Imagine there- your grandpa being really into blowing shit up. Well, you just got to wonder what the... A, why? Why do you need them? And, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. Just why? And B... Like who? How do the how do the cops know? Like who's ratting him out? You know, I don't like, know. What, I, is he doing it in his garage with the door just up? An idiot! And he's just like he, somebody came over to his house like, hey, she, look, come to my basement, Jim. I want to show you my collection of explosive devices. I've been homemade building my DIY explosive devices. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You want to see some plastic explosives um, in my basement? Brendan, for instance, you put some like wainscoting up on your house. Yeah, not that long ago. And when I came over, you said, hey. Colin, check it out that I did this myself. Mm-hmm. And it looked pretty good. I mean, I imagine if you go to this gentleman's house, he's going to want to show you his, his bomb. Yeah, his DIY bomb. <laughs> yeah. C4 for me. I'm surprised really that the Kansas authorities even arrested him. You know what I mean? Like, it, I wasn't sure if explosive devices were illegal there, honestly. Well, I just wonder, like, are, do bombs count as arms? Like, is, do you have a right to bear bombs? I don't know. I don't know. It's beyond me. I mean, can I have a tank? It shoots. I don't I feel like there are probably statutes against tanks, but I don't know. But I it's mean, an arm. You know, I, I have a guess. right to bear arms. It's in the Constitution. Look <laughs> it up, Colin. You know what, Brendan? Do your own research. Let's go buy a tank. Okay. That's what I wanted to hear. 
Topeka man arrested after girlfriend jumps for moving car and claims kidnapping. <laughs> well, you know, um, you may not know this, Brennan, but the public school system in Kansas teaches girls to shoulder roll just for this reason. Yeah, it's probably not a bad idea. Honestly, uh, on Wednesday morning, the Kansas Highway Patrol put out a request for help identifying a man they said was an eyewitness to a kidnapping and ag- aggravated battery case. Ugh. This is a problem with some of these Kansas news stories, Colin. We want to mock the people of Kansas, but then they get ugly yeah, quick. Yeah, a dark, dark turn very yeah, quickly. And, and in that regard, I mean, there was a story that we discussed before we went on the air that Colin found hilarious about a murder. I think. <laughs> well, there was a guy that got... Or the Kansas guy get hit by a semi-truck, and I saw some humor, and Brennan didn't think uh, it was Colin funny at thought all. the listeners might want to hear a story about a guy getting pancaked by a semi-truck. <laughs> making me laugh right now. I thought it was in poor taste. Um, <laughs> I said, talking about it, though. I said we? we couldn't do it, but yet here we are talking about this story in the Kansas news segment. <laughs> no, we don't have to read it. But you can just – we don't have to read it. We're not going to identify the guy's name. But if, if this is kind of thing you like, just imagine a guy getting pancaked by a semi-truck in the middle of Kansas. <laughs> yeah. it, it might bring a smile to your face. Well, I mean – it. And it's a Kansas resident. If it wasn't a guy from Kansas, it obviously would be a tragedy. That's right. It would be very sad, and I'd be feel very badly for his family. But he he's from Kansas, sure. So anyway, uh, that's it for the, for Kansas news. Brennan, I think there's one thing we're forgetting to address, and that is who the Kansas Jayhawks are playing in football. Because despite <laughs> what you may think, they still are fielding a football program. Yeah, you're right. And I did forget about them having a football game. It, they're hard to find on America the internet. America has forgotten about them having a football program in your defense, Brennan. Well, and they're not really in a conference anymore, so you can't like look <laughs> up true. the conference. That's true. So they are playing football on Friday, September 3rd. It's the first match. Here's how smart the Big 12 is. They're like, look, we're down right now. You know what I mean? Like all the conferences are on the up and up, and we're struggling. We're losing mm-hmm. teams, our best teams. We got to put our best foot forward. You know what okay. we're going to start our season with? No, I'm, I'm I'm curious to hear the plan. Friday night before any other games, everybody's going to see this national TV. South Dakota at Kansas. South Dakota. Friday Kansas. night. Well, that's not what I. Uh, that's not what I would have guessed. You know what the worst part is? Is they're probably going to lose to South Dakota. I think they've lost to South Dakota before. They've it's lost to, to everyone before, but they haven't won. They've won like three games in the last three decades. Uh, they, it's just not uh, it's not on the cards for them. I it, it's I don't know who coaches them anymore. I've like I've literally just like as America has as the Big Twelve has as the just everyone has just given up on Kansas. And so well, I'm making it's hard a, to know. I'm making a trip over to a Winsipedia right now, and I'm going to look up their records to, against each other. I don't even know if Ooh, South okay. Dakota is going to be a team that you can pick. Is it some sort of intramural program? It might be because Winsipedia doesn't even list South Dakota. At this point, I would pick most intramural squads against Kansas. I think that's a safe bet. I mean, there are certainly – I've seen guys on Mizzou's intramural team that that's, uh, you know, not too shabby of us. I, th- I think they could win. Here it is, Colin. Not that long ago, 2015, the headline reads, South Dakota State – okay, so this is South Dakota State. Jackrabbits. You remember the oh, Jackrabbits. Sure, sure. They beat Kansas 41-38 to to open the season. Mm-hmm. Tough loss. <laughs> it was. It's tough for everybody. So, anyway, yeah, I think that, uh, you know – they lost to South Dakota State. It would only be fair that they lose to South Dakota, which apparently those are two different schools. I didn't know there's enough people in South Dakota that necessitated two colleges. No, I just thought that they had a bunch of unvaccinated people on motorcycles out there. <laughs> well, they had that too. <laughs> and some lovely heads on the side of a mountain. Yes, absolutely. End of list. But you know what? Those are two things that Kansas doesn't have. That's true. That's not fair. They probably have a lot of unvaccinated people on motorcycles, too. Just not as many. <laughs> That's true. All right. I think that'll do it for Kansas News. We've, we've covered it all, haven't we? We've nailed it. And there is a segment we're going to have after the game in our next show, Colin, that we don't need this week, but it's going to be exciting. It is the mailbag. We haven't sure. taken in. We haven't heard from you in the mailbag in a long time, and uh, it's always one of the favorite parts of the show. It's, mm-hmm. We put a lot of work into doing this, and then we get results from people who say what they like and what they don't like about the show, and they say, uh, more of the mailbag, more of the listeners. And I'm like, yeah. okay, great. Well, you know. They want to hear less of us and more of anyone else. <laughs> That's basically what I'm taking away from it. So, and well, Brendan, you know, like I, I don't, I don't. Football season really hasn't started yet, and I haven't heard anything. So, I guess, you know, we don't need any, the TJ Modouche of the week yet, but uh, we don't have anybody for that yet. But next week, I'm sure somebody will have douched it up. I'm looking forward to it. But Brendan, it's uh, this is it. This is our first show, and we've had it because next week football starts. 
That's right. You you got your own first taste of football, didn't you, Colin? You you were at a football game last night. I went, I went and saw the, my Kansas City Chiefs play in their final preseason game. And mm-hmm. uh, Who'd you go with? The fans might be interested. Caleb the Greek. <laughs> well, oh, I, I missed that I, laugh. Know, I talked to him yesterday. I said, any chance we can get you on the show this week? He's like, ah, he's got something going. He had to work shit on a Saturday. And uh, so I was like, ah, we won't bother you. It's just the pre-show for the season. But I'm going to keep after old Caleb. I, I feel like uh, nobody's more disappointed that Caleb decided to have children and take an interest in those children and his, the rest of his family than um, me and Brennan. But then I talk to listeners who are even as disappointed as they are. So they want Caleb. They scream for his name. They want the Greek. They want his uh, sultry musk, his uh, <laughs> yeah, his, his downy layer of thick, coarse body hair. It's all <laughs> Caleb. It's all a big stinky mess, and we love it. <laughs> all right. On that note, M I Z Z O U. Imagine a guy getting pancaked by a semi truck in the middle of Kansas. <laughs> yeah. it, it might bring a smile to your face.